0: No matter where we face, we must face the moment of truth, baby.
1: Another episode of the stereo bros podcast it's your boy PL. who else we got in the building
2: it's jazzy what's up guys
1: we got a special guest introduce yourself
0: la rib is making her debut on the Yay! podcast
1: i don't know how to feel about this um except suit is out on a mission saving ovaries and people and all types of shit so la rib is gonna fill in for this episode depending on how it goes you know We'll see. It. We'll see how this this plays out. We should
2: have made you and introduce Larib first of
1: all. Because- listen, I was in my trailer waiting for y'all to get it together because <laughs> it felt like. I mean, like the way people eat tacos and all types of other shit before I could record. This is how podcasts break up. <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> I'm not y'all friends. Like, listen, and y'all been that sort of podcast without me because I'll sue your asses. I bet
3: mean- <laughs> Joe Button. <Bud-Nuris. laughs>
1: Now nah, we back out yet, man. Shout out to y'all for rocking with us. This is episode 59. This is the Columbus Circle episode. Actually, no, this is the Indigenous People episode, because we don't acknowledge that that Bozo. I know the Italians love him, although he's a very revisionist history. Figure for the He's Italian on his
2: group. way out of here. I don't like little kids are not gonna know who that was <laughs> right now
1: on the base He might. I don't know. Like instead of like neo Nazis, maybe neo neo <laughs> Columbus. Col-
2: colonial. I mean, that's neo
1: colonials Like they may try to walk down your block with them with the powdered wigs, talking about. So, <laughs> 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 take. T- you know, that might be the new justification. Like a bunch of people powdered wigs trying to like shoot up the. <laughs> the dice game that'll be some shit
2: the pilgrims i always like that term for
1: them pilgrims right how do you feel about pilgrims The rib
0: that's how i refer to them when i'm talking about them in front of the children
1: how do you go to school oh the pilgrims take the parking spot <laughs>
2: they take everything <laughs> they definitely
1: do man but one thing i want to ask is you know will they take the mayoral race because uh, this is, this year I think we have a few city council seats. I know John Sanchez, Sanchez, Jan, John Sanchez, John the homie, is running for one up in the BX. Shout out to him. There's a few open city council seats, but more importantly, the mayoral race is kicking off. And I just wanted to uh, do like what we did last year with the Democratic presidential candidates, kind of run through and rank our thoughts on these mayoral candidates. So I think we can start super light and super easy and go Andrew Yang <laughs> and and uh Scott Stringer. So we could start with uh Andrew Yang. Who
2: oh wants-
1: we're not doing all of them No, nah, we're not gonna do oh, all okay, all okay, once. No. Nah,
2: okay, okay. That's too much. That's because to- I was like, this is
0: a lot to talk about. Like-
1: I mean this is why I'm about to go back in my trailer because clearly, yeah.
0: that's not. Sorry, that's not, I missed that part of production. It was not. It wasn't one A. It was one.
1: I'm just saying, like, let's let's make it easy. We talk about two, and then we'll, we'll uh, add on more and do like the same kind of like tiered. So, who wants to start with the the good guy, Andrew Yang? The good guy. Who,
2: who named? I'm being him super that?
1: sarcastic. Oh,
2: please. <laughs> do you know he hasn't voted in any mayoral race shocker
1: he's rich why does he have to vote
2: <laughs> well i think if you want other people to vote for you you should be one that believes in the democratic process and other people that are in your city
1: which if you're rich again i don't follow <laughs> if you're rich, you, oh you believe it's the tax code and not paying taxes for the most part
2: which i i get yes but that's exactly why we would need him to be running, you know, with his, you know, aristocracy and 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 all of that. We need people that are from from the the, the
0: streets. Didn't he call the gourmet deli the bodega? The bodega, yeah. And no. they caught COVID the next week. Mm-hmm.
2: So- and then he was on the A train. Talk about he was going to the Bronx. So he was on his way to Queens on or something A-train. like that on <laughs> the A train. A joke.
1: Like so. It's not nice to make fun of people catching COVID. So that's not it nice. Wasn't
2: made, it wasn't making. that fun. was not <laughs> what she did. She said facts, a, fax, a trend, the, the progression of events.
1: So the bodega situation, how people define bodegas are different. I think you have to be objective.
2: Are you a yang gang? I'm not really. a yang gang. are you a yang gang? I'm not please, ya- please no. let
1: us know. <laughs> I'm not yang gang, but no, nah, he's he he was a bozo. Um I was I was joking on the on the bodega thing. I think he was a bozo for going into like a, a store in Chelsea saying he's at the bodega and he was like, I think he tried to order like a chopped cheese and he wound up getting like a $12 <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't even boys' head. It was like let <laughs> <look at> me." <laughs> right. And then on top of that, <clears throat> I think he was one of the people that they asked about like the price of like housing. I think he was closer actually than most in terms of like the number. Um, but I think he's basically Bloomberg 2.0 in terms of mm-hmm. having no concept of mm-hmm.
3: the day-to-day issues, the he voted
1: for. right? Mm-hmm. But he has no concept of the issues. And I think that people like him will try to come in and try to privatize a public office and try to hire mm-hmm. like, oh, this person was good at marketing. So I'll put her in charge of like the mm-hmm. waterbed.
0: Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I see that happening. Like, mm-hmm. I have no question. You said Bozo. You called him a Bozo quite a number of times. And usually in the house, when you call people a Bozo, they're Bozo fried rice. Are we not doing that? Because just ask it for a friend.
1: Nah, nah he's definitely Bozo fried bozo rice. He's Bozo fried rice.
0: I mean, just ask if it was culturally not appropriate. no nah,
1: okay. I think it's totally appropriate. Like, and I'm not calling him Bozo fried rice because he's of Asian descent. I'm calling him Bozo fried rice because that's oh. what I call old Bozo. <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear,
2: Disclaimer. Just, just Disclaimer. to be fully,
1: fully disclaimed.
2: But I read it. There was a New York Times article that was speaking about the foundation that he came from before he decided to run, and they were like, basically, like he had all these plans, but like did not know how to execute. And several of the employees were like, "It's just all smoke and mirrors." Like, you know, if you can't, like, I would even say, okay. We can't compare him to Bloomberg. He did not create Bloomberg Financials. <laughs> like, he started a nonprofit, did some things, don't necessarily know if they got off the ground. <laughs> and then he ran for president, telling everybody he was going to get him $1,000 a month. Like, I don't think he's, like, proven himself to the point where people can be like, okay, well, maybe he can save the New York economy, which I we should be worried about. Yes, it is a concern, but, like, he just doesn't have the track record.
1: Okay. So that's the that's the, the annotated history of Andrew Yang.
2: <laughs> Is he even from New York? No, he's from upstate, I think he's from upstate or something.
1: Now how far upstate we talk? we talking about upstate. We talking not, about Henrietta, uh, we talking about No, like,
2: not Henrietta. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Rochester. Oh <laughs> um, no, um, I don't
0: know. Like, I don't know, War, Warpinter Falls. What your falls. <laughs> I just made that up.
2: Say,
1: that's Westchester.
0: That's <laughs> he it. said. He's lived in New York City for 25 years and he lives in Hell's Kitchen. Where's he's, he from the right don't now. say where he's
2: from. Of course it. it doesn't. He wiped the Google clean. <laughs> he, he, he it. <laughs> he history. Andrew Yang
1: born 2021 right. in Brownsville. He's <laughs> He's he, <laughs> he from Rockaway and Blake. <laughs> he's
0: from Schenectady. 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 Okay. Yeah. That, that's what I'm like, saying. I'm about yeah. to say.
1: Because. I can see him doing a press conference tomorrow, like, I'm here on Rockaway and Palace Avenue
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> to tell you that I'm from Brandsville. We don't, we don't, we don't, you don't run. run no, no, we don't run and we won't.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Like, pack them all the way to fuck up, man. Put this corn back on the cob, man.
2: But let's talk about someone that's got real agendas, real plans. Someone that she's turned it around. Like
1: Catherine, go see No, Scott Stringer.
2: Scott Stringer. Scotty. I mean, Scott Stringer.
1: So, what does he know? He's public advocate, or he's comptroller?
2: He's the comptroller. comptroller. Full disclosure: I used to work at the comptroller's office while he was comptroller.
1: So is he still five four? Is he? Is he, he
2: is, but he's like he's not one of those people. Like he is like a really cool, approachable, guy approachable guy. person. You know the people that it looks are like he has black friends. Some, huh? Like, no, he's yeah, he, he, he does. He's had black people in his house. I've seen pictures. Seriously. Oh, you see pictures?
1: I've
0: seen they pictures black, and they were
2: not working for him.
1: Were they wearing white gloves?
2: No, they was chewing.
0: I'm telling you. He's a I man seen of get people. out. And it a lot of white people. There. There was a lot of black people
1: there too. They was working there though. No, 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 no.
0: All right, let me hear why you're endorsing him. So, <laughs> you know,
2: from experience, his stat, his uh deputies were of all colors and races, um, from private sectors, ivy leaves, and some without the pedigree, quote unquote. Yeah, Matt Stevens. Who?
1: Stevens from Django.
2: Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> welcome to my world <laughs> i don't know how you do mm-hmm. this but i'm just saying yeah like and like more importantly he i mean comptroller half of the city does not know what the comptroller does
1: <laughs> i'm part of that <laughs> right? I, I know not.
2: nobody knows what the comptroller is the comptroller is in charge of the purse so the if budget we need to yeah if we need to pay anything out he's giving the approval to do so. He's approving budgets. He's approving, you know, where the money is going. And more importantly, he's tracking the money. And so I feel like a lot of times in the city, we waste so much. Mm -hmm. And also there's not necessarily always a correlation to policy. And I feel like he really tried to make that a thing. And personally, what I observed was number one, he wanted to hold police accountable personally for, um, for um, a lot of the lawsuits Um, and they did kind of push to get that to happen now you have police unions and all kinds of things that are standing in your way but from his angle and what he was able to do he tried and it was something that was on his agenda and another another thing that um, he pointed out I was listening to a um, debate um this year when de Blasio wanted to cut the budget you know last year when they cut all the summer jobs mm-hmm. and you know like it annoys me because they talk about all of the guns and the youth and the things going up I'm like what are they supposed to do if they don't have no money to make there's no jobs like not to say that they should be going around shooting people but I'm saying you also have to give children something to do and give them money there's people that wait like Count on that money from some of you for their clothes for the entire school year. People who like, focus on
1: eugenics will mm-hmm. say that well, maybe if these people in the hood stop having these kids, they will go be around <laughs> shooting shit up. Oh lord! I don't, I don't agree with that, but I'm saying like that's the <laughs> counter argument to that. So
2: is it? Well, I'm just saying I, I've I've seen Scott Stroman in action. He's from New York. He's from Manhattan. Or I don't I don't know what part. He might be from LES. Chelsea. No, no, no. no, no, He lives. I think he um, might live in Chelsea. I think he's from like the Lower East Side. Um, is married to a Puerto Rican gentleman. That's his stepfather. I'm just saying he's 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 been introduced to the culture. He's not he's not that stepdad
1: wears like (laughs) the white uptowns here you go with the red.
0: (laughs) Here you go.
1: (laughs) With the Puerto Rican flag with the frog (laughs) on it and all that.
0: Let's see
1: how far this gonna go. That's, no, that's all. I mean, that's
0: that's my endorsement. For Scott so
1: what's So what's the what's some important office? The public advocate or the comptroller?
2: I would say the comptroller, because I mean, you really are in charge of the money, and I mean, you're gonna say what what it what you're willing to spend on will say what you're willing to do as a city. I mean, he has to approve things and get clearly the mayor has the final say. And that's why nobody knows who the comptroller is because everybody thinks the mayor is pulling all the strings. But I definitely think that he did a lot more with the office than possibly mm-hmm. some people have in the past. Oh,
1: that's definitely good to know. And then I think for me, my concern with all of the candidates is that I feel like, like it's easy to be, super tough when you're like public advocate or comptroller right Mm because like de Blasio was a great public advocate but when you have to represent the entire city Mm -hmm. it's harder to then be as like um hard nose on certain things because you can't just serve no actually i'm saying it's differently i feel like everyone can pander to the heartstrings of us as a people when they're Mm -hmm. trying to get elected but then when they're actually in office will they actually do anything which is why like, I respect certain offices like AG, I feel like you almost have to be in those kind of offices to make a change like Jamani, like those kind of people you got to be in certain positions to mm-hmm. where you're not necessarily as focused on your career you're focused more on making a change because mm-hmm. if you focus on your career at some point you get to, like you get to a place where you got to turn into um you know count in tape right like you got to turn into like a politician
0: And, and I you- also think that goes back to the same part of what Erica was saying like we don't know who runs the city, right? Mm-hmm. We, I think a lot of people have this idea that the mayor runs the city, but there are so many people that are under him that are really making the day-to-day decisions.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, not that I, I, I don't love de Blasio, but at the same time, he's almost like the face. He is the face <laughs> of the city. Mm-hmm. So everybody's going to go to him when he does something that they don't like, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily just him, him making right. these decisions. Mm-hmm. But we don't know. Like, that's why certain people... Get the privilege because they're not calling the Blasio's office. Like, if something happened, everyone wants to call the Blasio, they're calling the people who are really going to make a difference mm-hmm. for them, and that's eight. how they're seeing the change. <laughs> 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 and pattern who have pockets they need to pass, right? Is
2: exactly. that well, more importantly,
1: listen if I wanted the Queen's Shop project finished, I would have <laughs> that's who I would go to. <laughs>
2: that's from um I was, like, what? Yeah. I was
1: like is this from uh the wire yeah, power <laughs> which comes back soon as not nah, but listen like it sounds like out of yang and stringer we're gonna advance stringer
2: yeah, sure. we did really well with the democratic primaries yeah, yeah. We, that was, we that was, was kind of
1: so we got one vote for stringer stringer or yang to proceed <laughs> it sounds like it's unanimous for, for stringer yeah. yang is parked um, so now we get to
2: and and the thing about Stringer, the real reason he took a while to get on the scene is because his views are way left that of like Bernie most left of the not Bernie left but very left leaning, and I don't think people thought he would get this far. But we in a whole new day and age now these days. It seems.
1: Listen, him plus AOC, plus um old girl, can't remember her name, the uh, Muslim. Can't
2: that's
1: a good combo though um so then the ranked voting i think we need to start to understand from now that this year you get to rank your votes so instead of picking one person you pick five and you rank them so the good thing about that is that of your five one of them like your vote will count either way as opposed to before if you voted for um you know person x and they either didn't go far enough or they didn't have enough of the majority your vote wouldn't necessarily go as far
2: okay so like let's say i really do not want andrew Yang to be my mayor but he's better than the other people that would have been in the fifth spot am i helping him by putting him in the fifth spot, like, should I just go with like Paperboy Prince?
1: That's a good question. I think, as I understand it, what I would do with that, I mean, my fifth spot would mine, my, my fifth wouldn't be gang. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably put like Tarquel well.
2: Paperboy Prince, Tarquel, well. the, 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 the rapper mm-hmm. that's running, is that his name?
1: Nah, it's definitely Paperboy Prince. I would pick like Tarquell from like Rockaway and Somers and just,
0: oh just
1: put him like,
0: I no,
1: but it's like, if, I think if you put him on the ballot, you, you're going to give him some momentum. It also depends on who's in your top three. If your top three is like Stringer and X and X, one of those three is probably going to like get mm-hmm, far right, enough to right, be your boy, right. like your vote's going to like right. go there. Mm-hmm. So I think putting Yang fifth is not necessarily going to help. Like, I, I don't. I want to go back to the days where, like, these Yangs and these Ross Perodes wasn't taking that seriously. Ralph (laughs) Nader-type dudes, like, pack them the fuck up. Like,
2: I mean, like, are we not evolved enough that, you know, just because you see somebody on television and they have name recognition,
0: like, they're really a candidate? I think sometimes people see there's five bubbles. I got a feeling all five bubbles. Like, I don't know who this person is.
1: Didn't Bloomberg run for president last year? Oh, yeah, he did. Mm. And he spent, like, a ton of money he spent like what half a billion no reason no he spent 100 million or something like that and didn't even get on the fucking ballot but it's just like um that was that was a fucking waste but it's because when you think about it outside of new york people who are business people millionaires have been running for office and winning Mm -hmm. for decades and Mm -hmm. should even now in alabama a former football coach is a fucking senator
2: oh Tully? Tully? Tully, Tommy Tuberville. Yeah, t- yeah.
1: Man, just pathetic. <clears throat> so now that we have a decent understanding of, of uh, ranked voting, we'll keep unpacking that in future weeks as we just
0: don't forget primaries are June 22nd. So Thank you. It's my daughter' birthday.
1: Out. So don't forget my daughter's birthday. We also <laughs> vote that day too. Facts, facts, because we don't want to have to uh, show up to your crib and start, you know. Aggressively Are you
2: in the mail imbalance. Is that still a thing? The world's open. So right. Maybe not. Like COVID COVID's yeah. done. So everybody back to normal.
1: I don't want to show up to your crib and, and start like booting you out like the British did in 1917 to the people that lived in what is now Palestine.
3: Is that Israel what happened?
1: Basically, after World War, no, World War One ended 1917, 1918, and they went there was like, yo, I know. Yeah, I've been living here for a minute, but we promised these people, European Jews, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: some land. So we're just going to put them here. And it was like, wait, what? (laughs) And then...
2: So I think they were like playing both sides. Nah, it wasn't playing both sides. No?
1: Basically, Britain... (coughs) (coughs) So Britain, historically, has been one of the worst imperialist countries, period, right? Like, there was a a saying, the sun will never Mm -hmm. set on a British flag, meaning... The British flag will be on every corner of the earth, so that as long as the sun is shining, the British flag will be seen. Mm-hmm. So they was literally going around dabbling in everybody's affairs. Like even think about how this country was formed; it was trying to like get away from British oppression,
3: mm-hmm.
1: right? So when you think about the fact that that wasn't that long ago historically, you think about like okay, once they left America, what were they doing? They was meddling in Africa, meddling in the Middle East. They were still in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why those Bajans you Watch know, your mouth. have the <laughs> get them. The uh, the Bajan accent and those names, Nestor, <laughs> Wilbright, Wilfred.
0: First of all, that's the list you get to no matter what <laughs> country you're talking about. <laughs> right.
1: Wilfred, Jerome, Bernard. <laughs>
0: No, I really
2: had to. And
1: Roy, Stan Roy.
2: Me and my dad had a very good <laughs> conversation after the Prince Harry Oprah interview. Mm-hmm. He was upset. He was like, "We were over there singing, all oh, hail the queen, yeah. and we didn't even know why we were doing it." He was upset. I was like, "Hey,
1: see? so this is what they do?" Basically, I'm not gonna give you that full history because um, it's a lot to it. I'll give you the abridged version. Basically just started in nineteen seventeen and then by nineteen forty eight after the second world war um you know part of the issue was that there was a lot of people from Europe, a lot of European Jews that had nowhere to go because they was being oppressed, they was getting out of concentration camps, et cetera et cetera so Britain basically like the the winning countries, the allies created the United Nations and told them we had to figure out where people in the Middle East is going to live so Britain had already been promising people land for three decades, basically. And then they said, well, we're starting this new organization called the United Nations. They got to figure out how to properly divide Israel and Palestine or like to, how to create an Israel and then keep a Palestine. So then the Palestinians were like, yo, if, if y'all come here, it's war. War happened. Mm-hmm. Now the Palestinians lost two wars. So by the, by the 60s, Sixty-seven ish, the the state of Israel basically got the land that they already had, but then they they got because they won the war. It was like, well, because we won, we taking more, more shit. land.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then there was another war in seventy-three. Like they, they kept having war with the same shit. Each time they won the war, they they took, they, they took more land. Now it's like people say, well, but they won. Yes, but the issue was that they had the support of several countries. You think Canada, Britain. The U.S. Mm -hmm. mad countries was giving them military power, and to this day we pay billions a year in taxes to Israel. And modern day, basically, right now, what
2: is the advantage? Like, what, like, like, what do we get? I can't.
1: That's the thing I don't understand. And what's crazy is that the Palestinians back in the day, you know, what are now Palestinians? They used to live off of the land, and that area is very good for things like palm oil Mm -hmm. olive oil so you know as these settlers came in they were bulldozing all of the palm trees and destroying their way of life so that also created like it wasn't Mm -hmm. just like a peaceful coexistence It's never really been peaceful Mm -hmm. right um but prior to britain involving themselves people kind of coexisted right but then you also have to think about the countries that were next to there like jordan egypt all these countries had beef in the situation as well. Mm. So when you fast forward now to 2021, it's like, you know, one of the things we be told about a lot, we talk about this off air is how do you have these kind of conversations that work without getting offended or
0: unknowingly offending.
1: Unknowingly <laughs> offending. It. And people may say, well, right is right, right, you know, right is right, wrong is wrong. And like listen, we get that, right? But I think sometimes people often want to have these conversations and talk spicy behind closed doors because they feel like, well, like even with this kind of platform, like people have said, Oh, you got to, you know, talk your talk. And I'm like, talking my talk in a situation where I, in the words of Dame Dash, I have a boss, right? (laughs) (laughs) But, but, but it's, it's more so like, I'd rather have an educated conversation with somebody and be able to have a productive conversation than just to say shit. This
2: is, these are my thoughts. And, like,
1: like, and I think too often people, it's, it's easy to say your thoughts when you don't have skin in the game, right? So it's like a homosexual who is unemployed can easily say whatever they want to say about whatever they want to say because they have no, <laughs> <laughs> they have no possible. They have to stay. or or like no no employer to potentially offend but i think Mm -hmm. when you have an employer and it comes to events of world importance the best thing you can do is to give yourself enough knowledge so that you can have the conversation so if you're like i've been on the phone with with clients who were like oh i can't make the call because we're on like bomb right So in that in that breath, I can't say, well, fuck it, because Britain did X, Y, (laughs) Z. Right. So I feel like to be clear, I stand on the on the side of like justice. And I want, you know, people to be able to live a very peaceful, safe life Mm -hmm. on the Palestinian side. Mm -hmm. And on the Israeli side, what I want is for the Israeli government to acknowledge that, you know, the position that they're in now. On the one hand, you can't say that you know you want because right now what they're saying is like, yo, until like we, we're gonna like if they sneeze, we're gonna slap them with a brick, right? Like mm-hmm. like they're taking a very aggressive approach, and I think to that I'll say is like the Israeli government has to acknowledge that their power, like the power, the exactly. power dynamic mm-hmm. is very off. Mm-hmm. So I think they have to acknowledge that, and I think they they should be proactive in trying to find a peaceful
2: resolution they're not stupid they want to get rid of these people and take right. over the rest of their land i mean i i mean what
0: what what,
2: what, 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 like, what else could it be
0: but then you also look at the people that are backing them that's what they do mm-hmm. right that's what america does. does right that's what britain does so I'm, I'm doing what mom and dad told me to do mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, oh, what's that's what's
2: scary is that that some people are not evolved enough to separate the country of Israel from Jewish people right. and I you know that is alarming that you know to hear people just blanketly say things about Jews and and things of that nature is it's, we're, we're, there's, we're too woke for that. Like we, there's too much information on Google for you to know the difference between, you know, a religion and a country state. And what I've appreciated a lot on like some of these platforms are American Jews coming out and, and speaking about what Zionism is. And like, basically that means that, you know, you may be born in another country and have ancestors from another, country but they're taught that Israel is their homeland and they're entitled to it so you know the I don't know if you've seen it like different shows where they take their birthright home if you're Jewish you can go to Israel and you know go meet your you know to be fruitful and multiply basically which is a great idea on their part I mean for high value very man, good strategy
1: for high value men that sounds very <laughs> enticing yeah <okay. laughs> my birthright I mean
2: like we have to separate these things so you can have peaceful peaceful discussions like I remember at an old job I won't name them there were spirited emails that would go like one person would say one thing and there would be two days of you know we are against Zionism you are being anti-semitic and I mean these are like
1: against zionism
2: like at all
1: (laughs) reply
3: reply all
2: you know like yeah people would would speak up when things were happening because i mean again these are not new things that there's conflict that or not conflict but war and 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 damage that was happening over the years so when there's a flare-up you know people speak their peace and i mean this is this was at legal aid. So (laughs) I mean, you know, we, we power to the people, you know, people are going to stand up and they're going to be boisterous about their views. And it would be
0: nutty, like nutty for hours going back and forth. Like, how do you feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're on the viewing end of that. Right. And I feel like office, especially when you're in the office, you have that conversation, even if it's just the office gossip. Like you see these emails going back and forth. Mm-hmm. What do you say, right? Mm-hmm.
2: I would ignore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have. I'm not say I will read, but I have nothing to say because I mean, clearly there people are too emotionally uh, involved. Which, of course, you should be if it's your people, or you know. And I and I like this uh, likening of black people to the Palestinian experience because this is what we have experienced and so if anybody understands it's us.
1: (laughs) I think the marginalization of black people is something that any organization that doesn't acknowledge that is is corny but I think what people need to understand too is that when you go into these people's offices you can't necessarily like on the one hand you gotta know the organization's culture what i hate is when people go to like these super conservative places and say oh these people are conservative they don't mm-hmm. get it motherfucker like you chose them right. like
2: you knew what it was I, yeah. i'm tired of people
1: saying that at work you can be yourself i disagree with that i think you have to choose the culture and when i say i disagree with that i'm not saying that you should be in a place where they're like yo my nigga what's up i'm not saying that what i'm saying is that if you go to a place like an investment bank and you know that everybody shaves every day you can't go there saying that you don't want to shave. Mm-hmm. The Yankees make their players mm-hmm. be clean-shaped. If you mm-hmm. don't want to be clean-shaped, don't go to the Yankees. Mm-hmm. It's the same mm-hmm. kind of, th- so to apply this to the same kind of corporate structure in order to have these kind of conversations, I think you have to one, acknowledge, like you gotta understand the organization's culture. And if you know that this kind of issue is one that on the one hand, if you know that most sort of the people, and I've gone to a Jewish law school, I've worked in a ton of places with mm-hmm. predominantly Jewish people, and what I found is that there's some people, like the Jewish people that I've encountered for, in the few categories, there are some that are just like they're so orthodox that they don't even like really get into that stuff at all. They mm-hmm. barely even interact with me.
3: <laughs> you got others
1: that are much more like, honestly, you know, I'm about like being a quality person, and I don't like I am not the representation of my entire people, mm-hmm. right? Then you got others that are like, well, no, we needed a homeland and where else, where else, where else were we going to put it? And then there's others that are like, well, we're being attacked and we're just defending ourselves, right? And I think that that's just my, <coughs> excuse me, my interactions with folks that, that, you know, practice Jewish religion that I've encountered. But I think that in terms of the, um, the way to approach it at work, if I was in the office right now and this was like on the news screen flying by, you know, I would just kind of be of the ilk of like, you know, I really hope that humanity finds itself. Because at the end of the day- All
2: lies mad ass. No, 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 no. <laughs>
1: what I mean by that is that, I mean that you'd have to be inhumane to say that a country that has 10 times or more the military might of another country and one of the best missile defense systems out there is a victim in this entire situation like that's yeah, how
2: but it's, it's funny you say that because i have a friend that works for an israeli run firm mm-hmm. and loved it but this is uncomfortable as right. the only black person there when they're like you know pray for our people we're, we're you know what i mean like you know you may not feel the level of comfort to speak up and say... Like, I you know, know, that's kind of a question
0: that I want to ask. Like, what is the most PC statement mm-hmm. that you would kind of, like, lead with if you're on a call with somebody that it's, like, I just want to be neutral?
1: I mean, I think that you can want the person personally to be safe, right? Like, if you're on a client call and, and like, we can't make it because we're on, like... Or, like, we have to be scheduled because... We're getting a bomb alert. You we say, well, I hope you're, uh, you know, hope, you know, you guys are safe.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. But that's like, that's them. It's almost like a reverse generalization, right? Like instead of generalizing, like everybody in Israel is bad, right? Because mm-hmm. you can't say that, right? Okay. The same way you can want the best for your client or your friend or your colleague who works at it in this really place without saying, like, you can condemn the actions of their government without condemning them. The same way we're in America and people can condemn the deaths of George Floyd and these are, and these are people without condemning us.
2: Yeah, but that's if you don't agree with the, the philosophy. No, no, but
1: that's what I'm saying. It's just like, even like the American philosophy of justice, you can mm-hmm. condemn the fact that so many brown people are losing their lives in America without condemning brown people in America. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think mm-hmm. you can have intelligent dialogue, but in terms of actionable items too, I think people need to really be writing to their... Congressman or woman and saying that they don't want their tax dollars to fund mm-hmm. something that they don't agree with. Now
2: have um some, you know, like the right the fill in things. And uh, I already received a response back from one of my con, con- I think from uh Senator Jillan Brand.
1: She said and I
2: said she didn't do anything. I have said that before, but look, she's doing things. She, responded she, she was to my a, email. she was
1: on Jesus <laughs> and Nero too, but she was also probably like, yeah, Erica, I got gotcha. you.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: And that, that's probably all you're going to get from her. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll take it. It's an acknowledgement. Yeah. I'm say understanding mm-hmm. who
0: works in their office. Exactly. Right, but,
1: so, I mean, I think that the mode of the story is that you can discuss it in the framework of, you know, I think the things that you want to avoid are saying, oh, you know, everybody of the Jewish faith is responsible. And I think if you want to condemn the actions of the Israeli government plus the British. American, Canadian, every other country that supports that power structure, you can do so, right? And I think that's valid. Like, I don't think that's gonna. I don't think that's like an unpc thing to do, right? If you're at the water cooler and you say, and someone says, "Oh my gosh, it's so crazy!" It's, it's so crazy what the Palestinians are doing. You can say, "Well, I mean, it's really the British fault," because that's gonna be like, "Wait, what do you mean, British? What have you to do with this?" And then you can say, "Well, actually, in 1917, do you know what happened?" <laughs> Watch this video because it's, it's like YouTube videos and Instagram videos. And you can kind of say, well, even if 1917, it's too much to start from. you stuff from 1948. Mm-hmm. You know, after World War II, they called this shit up. The United Nations had no idea what they were doing. Mm-hmm. They had no idea what they were doing. And they created the modern version of
2: Israel. Okay. So I want to know, am I alone in this? Like, sometimes I think about how... We are not prepared for, like, real war. Like, all our wars, at least in, like, modern day, is, like, somewhere else. Okay, yes, they flew a plane into the towers. But it was not, like, a constant fear of being bombed. Daily. The code we
0: have that. I don't think we, no, we. I'm talking about us. Oh, like, like, yeah. like you know, geriatric Actor. It's just me, it's me. marrying fingers. him to know like we had bomb shelters in, 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 school. in, in schools. schools. Oh yeah. yeah. I was a young girl. <laughs>
2: you got yourself a PYT. She was not there.
1: Not not in the uh, <laughs> Robert Kelly sense. <laughs> but for those that grew up in the city, if you go to like a public school or you work in a public school, you will see the fallout shelter signs are still in the school because they're in mm-hmm. the cold war people used to have to like they used to have bomb drills and used to go in the hallway and like hide their heads and shit like that which I don't really i think we maybe first grade out did that maybe once yeah, but, but I don't,
2: we don't but like we're not prepared for war nah, like we would not know what to do
1: listen <laughs> listen all of these white supremacists out there in the forest shooting guns be here drinking classes right. and and <laughs> call each other demons but they won't even like Where, fight a parking ticket where's
2: where's um uh, what's, what's the guy not fucking around <laughs> the dude that had the people during the protests um and he had the guns and he had a whole bunch of people walking around all the black people walking around in like um in uniform and guns and they were like doing the turns <laughs> They were like the military uh, nation of Islam food islam. The guy was called he was like they called themselves like the not fucking around NFA or something
0: like that crew.
1: Listen, sign me up, (laughs) but outside of that, like
0: but we need to be ready. Sorry,
1: I agree, and that's the thing. Uh, like war is expensive, and that's why
0: we begin to get ready.
1: Well, one I think put down a fucking the Bows and the Hookah and start doing some fucking push ups and <laughs> running. If I see one more grown man talking about white clouds, I'm.
2: Uh, <laughs> Those white clouds?
1: Like people be doing hookah and it's like white clouds only and shit like that because oh. they be blowing the clouds with their hookah, batting their eyes and shit like that.
0: <laughs> you might <laughs> like be offending bad
1: people. I probably am, but listen, at the end of the day, if I, I said what do, I said.
0: Every time it's their business.
1: I said what I said. Listen, if you're a grown man and you're my timeline, batting your eyes and doing hookah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, champ. There's other things you can, be doing, things you can be doing with your free time.
2: I could There's other things
1: that you could be doing with your free time except batting your eyes and doing hookah, man. Yeah,
2: no, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. That My mind goes on that. a lot. like, this has not been a war these The closest days. we like, got to war was COVID. We like, look, at, look at how we failed. Look at you, Atlanta. What was you, you going to do in the war? You can't even stay at
1: your house. It was going to eat, Uh, went to the strip club. And that was, that was <laughs> a, yeah, like, as a people, we're too complacent, but that's a whole nother long, drawn out <laughs> story. But, you know, as I mentioned, you know, Hashepsut is not here this week. You know, she's grinding hard out there doing the damn thing, but the podcast team is still intact. We ain't break up. Thank you God. know, although I am the uh, CEO and creator of this here thing you know (laughs) I treat it's jazzy and has as my equals you know I don't believe in the A, B and the C mic I just believe in mics yeah
2: right I mean I was starting to see some similarities too
1: there you go You're
2: ball. Hey, you So bro. is Joe Budden. He don't got no baby mamas, though. He don't. He I don't got her. baby mamas. You, you, you are a focused focus I'm not man. a narcissist. You're, you're not a narcissist. You are
1: not. I'm just high value. That's, that's, that's,
2: where the, that's where the similarities end. Yeah. You care about your friends and podcasters. and I do.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not going to be out here on on Love of Hip Hop getting chased around by a nigga named Consequence. <laughs> 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 I actually like Joe Budden's music, though. Like, I actually...
2: You are see, the emo. I was a <laughs> huge, I was a huge similarity. Joe Budden. Like Joe
1: Budden, the rapper is better than Joe Budden, the podcaster. But really, yeah, because he can really rap. Yeah, I mean, I like,
2: do you want to listen to it? I, like, I Like, who you talking to? I never like.
1: Yeah, I scream out jerseys and such because these other niggas fighting for New York like it's worth that much. He used to talk spicy.
2: Hmm. I enjoy his banter, but the you music love Fall was just rock, like I
1: love jurors, so I feel you. But love something too much, guaranteed it's gonna kill you for real. Like, he, that was a tribute to Stack Bundles, he could really, really rap. It just so happened that, um, no
2: one wanted to hear it
1: now. Nah, he got it to be with Jay Z, <laughs> He gonna be from Jay Z, like on so Dev Jam. Is that
2: what the what killed his career? Yeah,
1: because he had beef with Jay z when, when Jay Z was the president at Def Jam in like 03. Like, it went from pump, pump, pump it up to. Should yeah, like, <laughs> it, it should have yeah. Like it should got shelved. So he put out mad mixtapes, but um, not. Nah, I mean, I think the the issues that those guys are having with the podcast, I think, boil down to a lack of respect as people, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that I respect y'all as people. You know, we were friends first,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and you know, we've taken time away from the podcast. You know, we've done different things independently. You know, life happens. You know, shit happens. That mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but. I've never looked at it as like, I'm David Ruffin. And these are the temptations. <laughs> Seriously, which typically, like, if I felt that way, you know, I would move accordingly. But it's just like, like, I think that the, the energy, if I had my own podcast with two other random people, which I've had a podcast with, with, other, with a different person, the energy was different. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. I can't say that y'all are replaceable
2: right I think the, the I think what people like about podcasts is you feel like you are involved with the conversation and then you're involved with you know not the personalized but at least like the dynamic it's and Chemistry, you, right it's chemistry and so for him to just think he could just throw two random people <laughs> into the podcast and it just like keep going the same way it was, did you listen
1: to the new podcast
2: I love that they're mad old and they just be having mad old man references. It's hilarious to me because it's just a, a departure from what it was, but it's different. Like, and, and to be honest, you know, I actually felt away after this thing with Olivia Dope transpired. Because, you know, over the years, yes, you heard that Joe Budden is abusive and he's done these things, but. And I never really listened to his music. So it wasn't like I was a fan. But after listening to him on the podcast, I'm like, oh, this dude is smart. Like, I understand his view. And, you know, of course, I, I think he's a little misogynistic. But it's always good to hear other sides and arguments, you know, and, I, and someone that can at least back it up with some sort of logical thought. But that, like, exchange that I heard on that podcast with him and her. I literally, viscerally reacted when he told her, "Bitch, push a button." And I don't know her. I mean, I know who she is. I know she's from Brooklyn. She went to Skyler. Like, I know who she is. But and and for me, it's like. This is a smart girl. She's from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I know she was feeling that. Right. like, And it did not shock me that she left. And it's kind of like, well, is he just playing that up for the camera or is he just like really a rotten person? And is this somebody that I should be supporting with my like or view or, because it's contributing to his empire,
1: you know? Yeah, but it's funny because I was telling one of my young boys about this earlier and I was telling him, you know, I used to rap because he was saying that, you know, you should think about writing and this kind of stuff. But I'm just like, when it comes to the industry, what I hate about it is that there's so many people that they think they are smarter than what they actually are, but it's also like such a low barrier to entry. I said this, mm-hmm. to, you know, countless times in the podcast, but it's such a low barrier to entry that you, you come across people from all walks of life and for some people just says they're saving grace. But it's also, I think that a lot of people without morals They'll call Atala Big Bro if he got more money to, or, or an opportunity to get some money, right? So it's just mm-hmm. like most people in the industry overlook clear character flaws for a bag because they don't have any other choice. But mm-hmm. that's why like an Olivia Dope is not going to stand for that right. shit because she's like, you know what? You're
3: I, a professional.
1: I'll go like, do, do some like corporate shit mm-hmm. versus standing as as opposed to somebody that's just like.
2: No soul Shit. searching for without me.
1: this,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: I'm I'm back in the strip club.
0: <laughs> but I think so, you know, my mind is always just based off of like where people like mentally their mental health aspect of it. And you know, I just feel like just from watching when Joe Button was on like love and hip hop and that kind of stuff, like it's very clear that <laughs> there's some <laughs> sort of mental so health. People pose not, in Times Square. But it's not that it's not that I it's an excuse, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I also feel like it begins to give context on who a person is mm-hmm. and why they act the way that they do. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I, you know, I, I feel like clearly there's something that needs to be worked on,
3: mm-hmm.
0: but, you know, I'm sure there's layers of reasons mm-hmm. as to why he feels he can say what he wants or why he does what he does or says what he wants to say, because there's some things in there that, he needs to fix himself mm-hmm.
2: but it's a, it's also shocking that like they could be friends with him knowing that like like i don't think maybe the demise of the actual relationship was shocking to them but i don't think the, his actions were shocking like this so like, spicy like, you know like I, I i'm pretty sure they knew this is who he is but maybe they just thought he would never do that to them
1: and that's the thing when people make that mistake i think Everybody I've known who I've always thought was like a narcissist, they get off on pushing buttons. And I think how you deal with this kind of people is you got to be super direct and just let them know, like, I'm not the one. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think sometimes those people also prey off of they need to be needed. Mm -hmm. They want to be in control. Right. And if you look at a lot of his. Relationships with people, Mm -hmm. as told through the public eye, is like that control structure, Mm -hmm. right? And you know, Mm -hmm. I think Tax said at one time on his podcast, like,
2: (laughs) "Oh yeah, I saw that."
1: Like, he focuses on like trying to manipulate like young Dominican women, (laughs) 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 which
2: free Tax though. When is Tax coming back?
1: I don't know. They said that. They said he got a time cut already, but I think he's still fighting another case. I don't know. But, I, you know, but I think for me, it's like the power dynamic. And it's just like the clear it's a clear pattern. And I think um, that's why with the industry it's just like I will be trying to talk to people sometimes about like business stuff. And it's just like the conversation people be trying to have is like, oh, you know, come do this on my platform. And I promote your joint. I'm like, well, what about ownership of the content? Oh, it's going to be mine because it's on my my platform. In the back of my mind, I'm like, I do this shit. I do this shit every day. Like I I do
3: mm-hmm. corporate
1: contract stuff on a regular basis. So why do you think? So I, I, I start asking questions. I'm like, well, what about like non exclusive license? Or what about you know a reversion and this and the third and just like, oh yeah, like. I mean, I could just send it to my lawyer, but honestly, like, we we don't even need to do the lawyer thing. (laughs) I'm sitting looking at them, like, and you realize quickly that for people that don't have any alternative, the music industry, the podcast industry, the entertainment industry generally, for them, they just want that shot. Because Mm -hmm, they think if I just get in the door, it won't Mm -hmm. work out. You get in the door Mm -hmm. and you quickly realize, like, it's very much like. Doggy dog, and very much built off of like manipulation of power structure. Because a lot of people that get into it don't have the talent. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. But Joe Budden was disappointed is that he can actually rap, mm-hmm. right? And he actually does have a decent opinion. But I think when you peel that back and you see the or we in and Mole situation. I never listened to the podcast that much. Mm-hmm. So I can't really say that, you know, they'll be missed, mm-hmm. but it's more so like the Olivia dope situation. I think is really trash because I think that no woman should be made to feel uncomfortable when, when trying to get a bag, right? Really? Like you should not you like, and to your point about her, her, educational background i'm happy she had the power to walk away
3: Mm -hmm. a
1: lot of people would have just said well they would have laughed it off Mm -hmm. just to like get to the back right and i think you know that kind of power dynamic is like super scary so i'm hoping that on a go forward basis we can start to actually appreciate like actual content from like people that are great people but again Mm -hmm. for these people that are desperate trying to change their lives they they were literally big bro Mm -hmm. somebody 16 years younger than him because he got a bigger bag like niggas be big bro and like they their son's friend who's gonna like going to the nba like cats is weird with it so um well
2: hopefully the soul it's like a palate cleanser So maybe some good content, like the stereo bros, will get some more shine. Like, subscribe, guys.
1: (laughs) All all figgity facts, man. And, you know, that that also touches on, like, a lot of group think, right? I think sometimes people hear these stories and they just pile it on. And that that reminds me of Kwame Brown, the number one draft pick from the Wizards in 2001. You know, he had a 12-year career. He averaged, like, 6-6. and 6.6 6.6 rebounds, which is, you know, serviceable. Yeah. His
2: contribution.
1: Yeah. But he played for 12 years. <laughs> the average pro career is like, you know, five in the NBA, something like that. So he, I think people had lofty expectations, but he was young. He got drafted by Jordan and Jordan overcoached him. You know, Jordan was an asshole.
2: Can you be, right? Can you be overcoached?
1: So, yeah. So Jordan was a type that apparently was working him out three hours before the game and then he'd get in the game and be tired of shit. <laughs> Right. So it's stuff like that. Right. Like, and he was on the team, a bunch of old ass men that were trying to, like, hold on to their spots in the league as much as possible. Then he went to play for Kobe, who also wasn't easy to coexist with. Now, was he the best center ever? No. Would he have probably been better? Maybe. But I think if you can talk about his game and say he didn't pan out to be what he thought, like, Part of the issue, I think, when people talk about athletes generally, is that they throw words around like "bust" and this kind of stuff. Like this person is a bust; he wasn't that good. But the people that are saying this aren't Don't pro play. athletes. <laughs> right. Never played a pro sport or played a sport at that kind of level, and never made it to. Never made it that far in their career, or if if they did play, they weren't that good themselves.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, and I think, um in terms of the think is that I think sometimes the average spectator will say, oh, this person's a bum. The corniest, worst player on an NBA bench is still better than most people, but mm-hmm. not everybody, when he, when he steps into the court.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: A WNBA ball player, you can laugh and joke and say, oh, they can't dunk mm-hmm. his old layups, but the average, w, the average WNBA shooting guard could probably make 30, 40 shots straight. Right? Like So
2: So why don't people watch more?
1: Oh, I'm not watching the WNB again.
0: game. <laughs> the only reason he, I he would watch if I play for that. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens to men.
2: This is why Kobe started the mom, the Mambasita.
1: <laughs> right, but the point I make, though, is that so Kwame Brown basically got tired of, because for 20 years, they, they called him a bust. They, they, they said he was a bona fide scrub, but they weren't necessarily athletes that was saying that. It was just like writers. So this week and last week, he started going ham on a bunch of, he went ham on Charlemagne, he went ham on um former athletes, he went pro, I mean, he went ham on a lot of people basically saying, Y'all yeah, been talking shit about me for all these years, which is fine, but none of you were better career-wise. And second of all, you know, you Stephen A. Smith type dudes, y'all are bootlickers that basically spend all your like all your time on your platform shitting on black men, right? Mm. Like you don't give the same light to scrub white dudes you like you wake up and get paid to get a battery in your back as it relates to shitting on black men hmm. and you know he, he he went here with everybody from Jamel hill to charlemagne to a lot of other people
2: so okay so what's this? So I, I know he attacked the stephen jackson the the all the smoke yeah with-
1: and matt matt right. bonds so
2: is it so like <laughs> he said
1: matt bonds had to breaks to, break to the same house he was paying the mortgage on oh my- <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like is is uh Derek, your your mentor or your, your, um, your, your mentor or like your your stepdaddy, you said someone else, he was talking spicy,
2: but like, okay. When he says that they're shitting on black men, is it not just the nature of the NBA being like 85 to 90% black? I
1: think, I think what he's saying is like, if you say like LeBron had a bad game last night, cool. But they don't talk about people's games. They make it very personal. Um. Oh, this person must be hanging with the wrong crowd, or this person has character issues, or this person isn't dedicated. This person doesn't care enough. Like, they make it about shit that's not quantifiable. Like, and
2: like, like is it them, those two, or nah, is it just in general when people commentate?
1: I actually sports? like Matt Bond and was Jackson, but it's most like the Stephen A's, right? Like, those, like, where he got mad is, I think, Matt Bond's and them was that they were trying to talk about him personally mm-hmm. Stephen Nay and those kind of guys never play sports he's like yo if you say I have a bad game to have a bad game but to like call somebody who had a 12-year career a scrub or like a bona fide bum because kobe said it or because jordan said it like that doesn't make you don't it true have, yeah you
2: don't you don't like, have the qualifications you're not qualified that.
1: to talk like that mm-hmm. right and i think i can i can agree with that because that group thing that group think happens and people just start to like talk shit and they take your silence for acquiescence or like mm-hmm. like, you, like we
2: were talking about that like some people are not qualified to to have certain opinions
1: yeah man and and,
2: and that's <laughs> <vocalizer>. <laughs> right
1: and that's the thing I think a lot of people use these these twitter platforms and these other platforms just to like say shit sneakily that nine times out of the ten you wouldn't hear it mm-hmm. or if it was behind your back you wouldn't see it but because they're posting it indirectly it's like
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know you're seeing it so i think that I'm happy that Kwame Brown checked so many people in the sports in the sports world because I want sports writing to get back to actually talking about sports, not about what a dude had for lunch. Hmm. You know what I mean
2: so with because I don't watch sports, guys. I have...
1: You don't z- watch cricket?
2: Zilch. In- Shut up. <laughs> I don't watch no cricket. I have zero Surprise. interest in sports. Soccer? If anything, I will go to see the Brooklyn Nets because it's, like, not too far from me. And, like, yay, I went to a game. Like, you Big everything.
0: Got- right.
2: Is everything else, like, but the game. Um, but why do men... I don't know. Like, it's like, I see what he means with the kind of like tearing down part of it. But I feel like there's like you, the way you speak to, like, I would never say something out of my mouth that I would not say directly to right. someone's face right. in the same way. But I feel like, like you're saying, like, People get a platform or they get a chance to say something and it's like they go for it, whether it's just for the attention or, you know, whatever. But I feel like everybody should, like, you know, when they say, like, you know, I could tell you couldn't, you've never been punched in the face before. Like, you need to understand that your words have power and like be careful about them
0: and i think it's interesting that you say that because i feel like people don't understand how much power their words have and then you have people who will never do the research on their own but just take what this person says Mm -hmm. and says it as fact and now you have a thousand people out here talking about this poor boy and they've never even watched the game that you played
1: exactly and that'd be the issue is like say, oh. He didn't like he didn't become a superstar. That's fine. But when you start saying, oh, he he lacked discipline or he he um didn't have heart and mm-hmm. character. Hurts his
0: brand too.
1: Like when, when, you, when you make it a personal thing as opposed to just and I think sometimes people try to explain away shit that can't be explained, right? Like I thought it was a decent athlete growing up, and then when I got to my first college and I was playing open gym, there were some people that were just like a little bit better than me. And
2: Only
1: a little? A little bit. <laughs> the basketball team, them dudes wasn't like better than me. It was just like,
2: oh, here you go. the basketball
1: team wasn't better. But then when I went to a Division One school uh-huh. and I saw those guys playing, I'm like, these things are scrubs. But then in <laughs> open gym, Duke stand there and make 20 in a row. Mm-hmm. I couldn't make 20 in a row. Mm-hmm. right? So I think um, there's levels to, have, to being an athlete. And I mm-hmm. think if you've never had to train or play on that level. You just watch it. It's easy. It, like, the same thing where it's like, if I watch like, a cheerleading team, right? I can say, why the fuck she can't do that flip? Right? <laughs> just by watching. Right? Right? Like, the double, triple, actual double, triple, accidental smash or whatever, right? <laughs> but if, I, <laughs> if I've if i never done that shit,
3: mm-hmm.
1: which I never would, <laughs> but if I've never cheerleaded, mm-hmm. cheerlead, cheerleaded,
3: cheerleaded, <laughs> Cheered. Cheered. Cheered.
0: If yeah.
1: I, right? Like, if I've never done it, I can just watch it. Because maybe I've seen five seasons of cheerleaders. It don't mean I can understand how to do a triple, double, action, smash. So
0: then how do these
2: sportscasters get, like, chosen to, to as, like... shows. Yeah.
1: I, they basically, they start writing. And they just work their way up. And, and that's the scary thing about it, is that, like, in terms of the qualifications, just, like, because you... Especially Stephen A., you guys don't want me stooping around the locker rooms because I can find things out. And Kevin Durant was like, this nigga's a whole corn. Like, you think because you know people that niggas care about your opinion, like, mm-hmm. your life is the right about my life.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: to make your living right about somebody else's life and to call that self like powers is just weird to mm-hmm. me. And I think the media level and access to professional athletes can be damning because these people be talking about people getting drafted, like, oh, Quadro Johnston missed an exam in, in college. They said that he was late to practice and <laughs> didn't care. Yeah. That shit could cost you, like, a draft stock. Wow. Like, the difference between, like, a, a first-round pick versus a third or fourth-round pick may be, like, a few million guaranteed, right? So I think that that's what a lot of that boy was down to. So I
0: was kind of going to say, like, there's an observation. I feel like there's more sports where the majority of the players on the team are minorities. Have the most commentators that have never played the sport, mm-hmm. but then when you look at a sport like tennis, we talk about this all the time. A lot of people commenting on tennis oh, are former tennis, tennis players. players,
1: for the mm-hmm. most part. Yeah, and you be like, it's like, especially when I'm watching Serena, Chris Everett is always talking wild, spicy. So I was like, yo, why she's why she, why she so fucking opinionated? But then I looked up her shit, and I'm like, <laughs>
3: oh, she can talk,
1: <laughs> like she did, like she had, like she, mm-hmm. she had a really good run. But, yeah, that's the thing. I I think because of that lack of connection and credibility, at least the group thing because people are bringing in their their presuppositions and their their um, stereotypes and assumptions about people into this. And once you actually learn some of these athletes' stories, like, it's a wonder that they even made it to that kind mm-hmm. of platform. You know what I'm saying? So I started to say that, you know, say no to group think. Shout out to... Kwame Brown for standing up to. Uh, well,
2: he's entertaining if
1: nothing. Oh, he's else. mad funny. He's
2: mad. For <laughs>
1: he's mad funny. He's mad funny. So I want him to win. But um, my closing words for this week are: um, I'm anti-white clouds. So all of this men doing hookah <laughs> on my timeline, like knock it off. Go do a push up. Go do a pull up. But please stop with the with the hookah on the ground, batting your eyes and like. Holding, it, uh, holding your phone and blowing at the phone, blowing like what is what is the per can wh- wh- when <laughs> when somebody hears this, just call or text me or DM and just explain to me what's the purpose of of like emulating a woman batting your eyes while blowing that hookah. Because
3: we're
0: saying they're batting their eyes. Why are they still on your timeline? Like, what is happening? Why are they
1: still your friend? I don't know. I be trying to. Mute people and all kind of stuff, but then if I mute everybody, (laughs) whose story am I looking at? Like I'd rather you not do it. (laughs) But uh, those my parting words: say no to the white clouds
2: for men. The white clouds. What are my parting words? I don't know. Something positive. Um, guys, I'm going to Vegas for Memorial Day. I am balls to the wall, vaxxed and out in, in the open. So I initially thought that I was going to be one of these vaxxed people that still wear the mask so that I would, you know, model behavior mm-hmm. for the community so that we can continue to mask because I have not gotten a cold. I have not had the sniffles. I like masking. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, I'm gonna go to Vegas and nobody's gonna have a mask, and I'm gonna be the only one in my mask, and I'm gonna feel like 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 a weirdo. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm just I'm talking myself into my confidence in my masks and mashing my outfits with my masks and doing what I can to be as safe as possible. So
1: mask on.
0: Yes, ma- yes, mask, hey, on. mask on. I'm echoing Erica's words. Keep your mask on, New York City. <laughs> please because the COVID ain't over and um I'll see you two weeks after yes, I yes, yes. no
2: I will <laughs> I will be I will be uh keeping to myself until but I can't wait till the comes back because I want to we have to have like a special like it's jazzy married edition with her so that we can you know like talk about the love and like Get people to love more and you know, settle down. You Kawhi laughed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now nah, we can't live. we're about to think, you know, you're welcome back. We'll see how the uh, the crowd, the uh the listeners them react to it. Um, you know, we got people listening all over the all over the globe, China, um
2: the international France.
1: Yeah. So we'll see how they react to it all, but Appreciate y'all listening to this latest episode. Make sure you are locked in and subscribed on your favorite platform, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, well, Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, um, Google Play, www.stereobros.com forward slash shop for that merch. Um, And, you know, add us on your socials, on the gram, like Stereo Bros, Holl at us. Over. Not if
0: you smoke hookah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> no matter where we're fierce, we must face
3: the moment of truth, baby.